I am equal parts a steadfast stickler for the rules. And also, uh, I'm not doing that. Let's just steal it. I mean, so it's very strange that I, I mean, do does that describe me perfectly? I break a lot of rules, even though I think I don't break any rules ever. And I really require other people to follow the rules all the time. Except I don't So that really. you know what to expect from them. Is that it? I don't think that's it because I never get what I expect from Am people. I the problem? Am I the problem? Maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Maybe it is that I followed rules me? steadfastly my whole life and now I couldn't be bothered. So who knows if it's just a fundamental shift or if there's always been this me there. But I digress because I now I think. Comedy. Missy needs advice. And how often do you wash all this and more on today's Brilliant Observations? Do, 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 do. Oh, my darling. Oh, my stars. And hello, Melissa. Hi. <laughs> Already we're starting. What do you got for me? Hi. Hi. How are you? Hi. Are we high? I'm well. Uh, uh-uh. Oh, are I'm we low? High. Are we angered? Are we bristled? Do you want me to come right out of the gate yes, with the whole 100%. Missy Needs advice? Yes, I do. Spill it. Because you know I don't have it for you. Well, I know you love to help. <laughs> <laughs> People love not to help. Let's That's go. That's it. <laughs> um, dear listener, hi. How are you? Better mood. Um. There is a segment on our show called Bad Advice. We love not to help. That's right. We have had several of our listeners and lovers write in with issues, comments, thoughts, help, requests for knowledge and information only we can give you. Uh Uh-oh. Watch out. Here it comes. It seems this time I'm the one who needs advice. Okay. What's going on, Pickle? I, this girl is on fire That's good. um what happens i need what happens if information you have mm-hmm. on which you would love to act and be on fire and explode mm-hmm. and and you have gotten by i mean ill begotten information okay you, um, you can either tell us exactly what it is or, or let it turn to cancer in my body no no the, not okay. that at all. You can either tell us exactly what the situation is so we can exactly offer you help, or you're going to have to create a fictitious parallel situation with some nouns and adjectives because you, there's not enough to go on here. Getting information by ill-begotten gains can be irrelevant in light of the information, in light of the infraction. There's way, it's way too okay. much. So okay. so either dig in or okay. or invent something and dig into that. That'll be helpful. Okay. Let's just say my mm. friend, mm. Um, let's just say her husband is a physician. Sure. Okay. Um, or so a very far away officer, from you. Gotcha. Or, mm-hmm. or a police officer. Mm-hmm. And this or friend a French of mine, pastry chef. Yes. Okay. Got it. Someone <laughs> no. with highly skilled no, training. No. Well regarded in the community. Yes. Okay. No. Okay. No, no, no. No okay. pastry chef. I'm sticking close to those who have sensitive information. Uh, professions that a judge yeah like a judge Mm -hmm. or a a lawyer Mm -hmm. or a a doctor or a therapist and peripherally 
you have received this friend of mine. Let's be honest. I'll be totally honest. My friend has yes. received information. Your friend Joyce was talking to her therapist <laughs> spouse, a lesbian woman. Yes. So it, Joyce what and if Sally. It wasn't, even, it wasn't even talking to that spouse. It was peripherally one has received information. Um, or, or let's let's just say. Let's just say uh, file folder right. was open wide. The phone was talking while you a were phone, there. A phone, a desktop, a yes. camera at a remote location that might have, you know, shared information uh-huh, um, uh-huh, that uh-huh. that just just third. Mm, Joyce got a lot of intel. Got it. Joyce got a lot of intel. Mm-hmm. And um Joyce is on fire. Joyce and is I'm a on tick fire ready to for fucking her. burst. Yes. <laughs> I'm on fire with her because uh-huh. I support my friends in this way. Uh-huh, uh-huh, so, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. so, dear listener and dear Amy, really, yes. the advice that Joyce needs mm-hmm. is does she use, share, apply, use any of, of the verbs you would like to, this information okay. in her life? Okay, okay. Or does she let it, you know... All right, well, we got to break it down. No, we got to break it down. We got to we got to cage it up. We got to make sure we're going to break this out into boxes. Okay, so box number one. Little boxes. Box on number the one. Hillside. Here comes Joyce. Okay, it's just for you. Is the information that Joyce has acquired something that, if withheld and ignored from a second person, could damage the second person? Like, are is Joyce in a situation where Joyce wants to share illicitly? the information Joyce should not have because Joyce could be helpful? Is that a yes? Do you have, does Joyce have information that she wants to impact positive outcome? Joyce is a pressure cooker. (laughs) Okay, so it's box number two. Box number two. So you remember Kirstie Alley in Cheers. When Kirstie Alley was in Cheers behind the bar. This is my favorite Cheers ever. I don't even remember what the context was. Kirstie Alley's character in Cheers could not tell a lie. She could not, not, that's not true at all. She could not prevent herself from gossiping. The second she heard information, she had to spread it. And so at one end of the bar, she was told something and told to keep it private. And she said, I can't do it. So she shoved saltines in her mouth. And while walking to the other end of the bar, mouthful of saltines was spilling the information. But her mouth was so full of crackers, even though she was saying it, you couldn't hear it. And she was saying it like, I'm a bomb about to go off. I'm sa- this is as long as I can hold out. The crackers are the only thing saving us. I'm going to tell you. So you're in box number two with Kirstie Alley, it sounds like. Um, Joyce is. I'm not. I agree. Your friend Joyce. Well, you're very close with your friend Joyce. So it's yeah. It's We're easy. like the same. I I feel you're, her pain. You're like the same person. We're similar. <laughs> so similar. <laughs> oh, so Joyce. Similar. Oh, Joyce. So this is really a Joyce problem. This isn't an anyone else problem because anyone else is very happy and contented in this situation with their trusted judge, wink, medical professional, and Joyce, who's not a part of the equation. Joyce was not invited in. Joyce should not have this information. Joyce cannot be helpful in this situation. Joyce simply is tapping on the window with her finger like a crazy OCD person going, but I want to come in and tell you exactly what I have to say and also tell everyone else in the room what's going on. Waving through the window. Yeah, that's me. Joyce. Telling Joyce. Yeah, telling Joyce. Okay, Joyce. You hear it though, right? You, you hear it though. You hear it though. There's, it's, called, it's called the butt out policy. That's what it's called. It's called the butt out policy. And I, I question if there happen to be, say, 
cameras going on. Why would Joyce feel compelled to look at the CCTV camera at the service station where Joyce is getting gas? Like at a certain point, those aren't your cameras. Those aren't your file folders. Those well, aren't I'll your tell phones. Her. Well, okay. she'll hear this when it airs on Thursday. Agree. Um, but I also <laughs> want to say, Joyce, I understand <laughs> um, <laughs> better than you know. Uh, there are times relate. where there are times where actually my husband is on a phone call and I can hear things, and then the community. Remember, I used to sit on that committee at my kids' school. Yes, yes. My kids don't go to that school anymore, and I was lucky enough to hand that off to another friend. Um, and I heard some things that that I later heard from his phone conversations that I later heard in one of those meetings, wildly inaccurately portrayed. And I had a very similar situation to yours, Joyce, about whether or not to absolutely correct and and end a, a people love to talk and gossip. And I had the opportunity to shut it down. And I presented it in a way that did not rat out my spouse who shared information. He wasn't sharing it with me. He was on a conference call. He's on calls all day, every day. And the world of Zoom made it so that everything, after a while, when you have AirPods in your ears, they start to itch when after vibrating so much. So you you hear things. One hears things. And um, Joyce, I had to make that decision at one point. And it's, it's tough because you could sit in a meeting and bubble up, bubble over and want to explode. Uh, but her specific situation will fall into your box too, I guess. I, I can ask her for more information. I just know that she was not happy with with some things and she was that that girl too was on fire. So your advice is let it turn to cancer inside your no, body. No, not in the slightest. It, it's really a box three or more accurately box one A, but we'll call it box three for easy pod math. It sounds as if box three. Podcast math is my favorite because it's math I can do. Perfect. And also it doesn't work. So, so, okay, thank (laughs) you. So box three is the acquisition of the intel becomes irrelevant in light of the good that it can do once discreetly passed on. Right? So that's the real real challenge. That's the real challenge. If people are talking smack, defaming, only having, you know, one puzzle piece of a gigantic puzzle and painting an entirely wrong picture. I don't want to say it behooves you to get involved and fill in the lines, but there are ways, subtle and not so subtle, to imply, infer, direct, steer, overtly state, here's what's going on. And a favorite one of mine is to say, there's a whole lot more going on in this story than you have access to. I've heard you say that. I'm not going to share it with you right <laughs> now, but just know you're wrong. And if you can even imagine that there's more to the story than you know, you might want to take it down a notch. So, I mean, it's it's just an easy way of reminding people that any kind of gossip. I was at a sports event just yesterday, and it was high intense. It was soccer. We were the The high school has made it to the state championship for soccer, which is a very big deal. It was a surprise to everyone. They weren't on 
a path to make this happen. So it was like a Cinderella story and it was a one point game and they did not win. So it was a high intensity game and it was, it was, there was so much backstory and so much. I mean, we don't care about soccer and we drove 45 minutes to go to this game just to be, and it was the whole, everybody was there and all wearing the colors and blah, blah, blah. So the one kid, the way the field worked, they had the spectators up against a fence, which was very close to the field, which was odd. So there were a whole bunch. So all of us were lining the field. So it was kind of too close for this many people. That means you have to pay attention. Well, yes. Otherwise, and, you could take a ball to the face. And, and it well, it all and it flew out a couple different times. But there was a, a parent. Uh, so lots of parents lined up there, and lots of kids lined up there. And a parent who I don't know, and who clearly didn't know this kid, yelled at one of the players by number. And I thought, what the fuck are you doing? This is somebody in a high intensity game. Everything is on the line, and the kid was playing probably better than he's ever played before, but making a mistake here or, t- here or there. And this parent looked and said, what the hell are you doing, 23, <gasps> in a really ugly way? And he was standing maybe seven feet from him. Oh, he's right there in his face. And it's I'm like, like having I just feet. looked at him, and there was sort of this quiet hush and then we all sort of went back to the game and it was totally disconnected, but it was wonderful that it happened organically because nobody could have heard. I mean, or if they did hear, they didn't do it in response. I don't even know how to describe it. But within the next two to three minutes, the entire student section started cheering that kid's name just over, over his name, his name, that's his awesome. name. So I was like, yeah, fuck you. But that's the kind of thing where I've, I've lost the train of thought that connected this to what you were saying. But at a certain point, oh, it's the people don't know. It's like, who the fuck? are you parent to jump into that kid's skin chastise him get all up in his business this has nothing to do with you or your ability for what he's doing today or how well he's doing there is so much more backstory around this event than you like it's just so wildly inappropriate for people to be talking shit about others and specifically about other people's kids that's what well that's what brought me back because when you said it was this parent situation at school the only gossip that could be going around is about the kids. And that really fucking creeps me out because nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Absolutely nobody knows the what's trouble going on. I've seen. Right. Absolutely nobody knows what's going on with anybody else's family, anybody else's kid. Half the time, they don't even know. So it's just stay out of it. Stay out of it. Box number three says. There's nothing, there's no good that you can, box number one says, there's no good that you can do in this situation. And your task now is how do you filter out this information so that it doesn't tick away inside you like a bomb with a fuse lit? Joyce, did you hear that? I'm just saying, how big a deal is it? It wasn't, if you can't be helpful. Yes, I can't be helpful. If you can't be helpful. She can't be helpful. If Joyce can't be helpful, then Joyce needs to, pull Joyce's head out of Joyce's crack because this is it has nothing to do with Joyce. This is no different than a drama on a TV show and the story is rattling around in your brain. You cannot impact or affect these characters. If they're on their path to doom, it's going to occur because the writers made it so. And you're not a writer on that show. You're an audience. So Joyce, in this case, is the audience to the story. And it's troubling because a lot of stories stay with you and rattle around and you want things to be better. or You want, you know, Juliet to live. Tough shit. I mean, it's that's just the way that it's going to be at a certain point. So best you can do is dump it all out into a journal 
or on a podcast. record it on a podcast, record it and then delete that recording or go and talk. Joyce can talk to the spouse about it and say, I, I can't don't believe think she this. can. I don't think she can. Why can Joyce not talk to the spouse about it? They're both within. There's an implied cone of confidentiality that Joyce has walked into. Well, that's how she contacted me. She said, Melissa, I need you to ask Amy about this because. Because she knows nothing about it. I don't think that my spouse will share this information with me because it does not Joyce shed a positive light. Joyce Joyce misunderstood Amy's directive. Oh. Amy Amy did not invite Joyce deeper into the conversation <laughs> to fingers tapping against fingertips, learn more, discuss, enjoy, watch until the season conclusion. Wrong. The advice was for Joyce to share with spouse I accidentally came to this information. I need it to stop and get out of me without damage. What should I do? Get the poison out, Joyce. Get the poison out. This is not an opportunity to, and tell me more, because on page three, I was super curious. Can you rewind the tape? No. No, Joyce. (laughs) No salacious Joyce. No. Sorry. Sorry, Joyce. I don't know what your plan was. Is that honestly what Joyce thought? That Um, there would be some coffee conversation where the details of this confidential information could be splayed out like so many case notes. Joyce, one must attend medical school for this level of access. And yeah, have maybe. the Hippocratic stab you in the heart with the serpent. The whole thing. All the oaths. You got to take Caduceus. all the oaths. Yes. Yeah, yes. That one. Emphasis on douche. Stay out of it, Joyce. There you go. I, I'm confident on Thursday she will hear this and she will know uh, that it is she about whom, because her name isn't Joyce. Like, that's a name you made up. Obviously, it's a name you made up. It's Sarah's middle name, but it's not <laughs> Sarah either. Um, ill-begotten information is is the poisonous, Yes. Uh, let it go. It's the poison apple that, all right, we're letting it I, go. I, well, I don't, I don't think that that's, there's something more than letting it go, because... I hear you say let it go in lots of context. Just talking to me to you now. Leave Joyce out of it. Oh, to okay. let to let something go is to attempt to control it by dismissing it. And that's not what this needs to oh be. Oh my god. What? Say that again. To let something go is to attempt to control it by dismissing it. To to identify it as you will no longer be important to me. I dismiss you. You are out of my sphere. I'm, I'm, that's not, so I feel that. That's your, not letting go. I that's, agree. But that's when I hear, frequently when I hear you say, I'm going to let that go. That's, that's the shorthand for, I'm going to push this so far away and so far out because it's not, I don't want it. So I'm going to push it out. It's going it, to, which out. is, which to me is different than resolving it. Uh, to let something go, that's my main difference. To me, my interpretation of to let something go is to find a way for its impact to no longer be felt, which to me is vastly different than resolving it so that there is no impact, right? Not feeling an impact implies that there's impact somewhere somehow. Resolving it means a peace with it so that any time it comes back into the sphere of consciousness, there is no impact. The impact's been resolved fully, right? So, and that's the real trick. I don't know how to fucking do it, but that's what you try to do with things that are troubling and recurring and all the rest of it. So to let it go always to me feels kind of 
I don't want to say I'm trying to dangerous is not the right word because it's not that inauthentic is not the right word because it's not that to let go to me sounds temporary and I'm I'm looking for a permanent solution. I'm, I'm looking for peace peace should not be temporary right so where is the solution to this and I'm let's just presume that Joyce came into this information totally by mistake totally by happenstance there was no way to prevent it. It was no different than turning on the television and it was there on the screen. Ba-ba! I mean, it's in your head before you realize it shouldn't be in your head, right? So that sucks for Joyce. So if it came to Joyce through no fault of her own, now what? How to dispel of this information? That's why I think going back to the source and saying, I really have trouble because I have this information, came to, came to me in a way that was unexpected and unintended, What's the path now? Surely a therapist, a judge, a mechanic, a plumber, a physician has had a class on how to deal with unintentional dissemination of confidential information and how to handle it and unring that fucking bell. I don't know. And I also think that Joyce could possibly talk in confidence to a spouse because there is an additional layer of confidentiality in talking to a spouse, even about matters that one should not. The law recognizes this. The law, I was just going to say, if the law can recognize it, so can a group of, of people. Therein I'm lies not, your I'm answer. I'm not giving any more information. Therein lies okay. your answer, Joyce. No, yes, therein lies your answer, right? Well, when she, when she approached me, it was more, I wonder what of this information that she had overheard or sure. while cooking dinner or whatever um what of that information was going to come back to her from this incredible partner of hers mm-hmm. um and and I said please don't make it a test like that like when every time you <sighs> test your spouse they fail don't don't do that I'm don't. hearing I'm hearing a second row of breakout boxes these are ovals and oval number one is and the spouse should have told Joyce about the information that's the oval and that's the real crux of the problem and all of the boxes are relevant because this is you knew that and didn't tell me and I am your spouse your beloved fucking Joyce I've been here for the whole time and we got that secondary legal level of confidentiality and what the fuck are you doing Dr. Joyce (laughs) okay I'm getting a picture now oh it's not about (laughs) it's not about the information and the person it's about the relationship between joyce and the withholder got it uh-huh. yeah her wife is not it's not, is for not th- it's not forthcoming well we don't know yet that's that's still no it's pretty much known because at this point how what's the what's the over under on how long it takes to share this intel well it's funny because she called me this morning because it's going on as we speak Okay. So it's we don't know yet. Uh, by Thursday, when this airs, maybe we can put a little extra bonus on there because we will have heard. So you're waiting to see with bated breath if Joyce's, if Joyce's spouse partner yep. makes the right choice. Makes the right choice. And I'm going to switch gears to comedy now <laughs> because <laughs> I like to go from tragedy to comedy. Isn't tragedy comedy plus time? Before time comes comedy. At what price? What price are we paying to retain comedy in the name of comedy? It's such a curious conundrum. I so frequently have the desire 
to tell the things that make me laugh so hard I can't breathe. But in doing so, I would humiliate myself. Truly, profoundly, permanently humiliate myself. So I don't do it. And I wonder if that's really the difference between a true comedian and everyone else. That true comedians decide there is nothing more important than the joke. There is nothing more important than the laugh. Even at the expense of relationships, even at the expense of self-worth, even at the expense of ego, it all comes down to, if that's funny, there are no rules. And I I could never, I mean, that's always the shock comedy. I always felt like there need to be some rules. Some things are taboo. And and most comedians will say, nothing is taboo. That's what comedy is. There are no lines. There are no rules. I'm like, yeah, kind of. They're like Holocaust jokes aren't funny. And they're like, yes, they are. It's funny, funny. Yes, they are. Everything's funny. Slavery's funny. They just go and do all these crazy jokes and find a way in because I think that's the puzzle piece to find a way in to the most awful, morose, incest is funny, disgusting things is a way to get people to think about it. It's also a way to purge yourself from it. I mean, I fundamentally, intellectually, I get it, but it makes my skin crawl. So now you speak. Uh, no, I, I just think that the way in, what you just mentioned, the only way in is personal experience. You cannot be detached from and make jokes about any one of the topics. I, I don't want to repeat everything you just said that you mentioned. Yours has to be proximity to the event, to the situation, to, to an occurrence. And I'll tell you, for me on here, it's poop. Um, I know it's like, oh, nobody, t- we don't talk about poop. You don't do this to, to have the freedom to get on and say, oh my God, I almost shit my pants in TJ Maxx today. <laughs> I, I cannot. Every time I walk into TJ Maxx, I immediately turtle head and have to get to a toilet post haste forthwith. I opened up once, was mortified by it. And the response I got besides laughter like oh my god that is hilarious because it's relatable I think everybody poops book that everybody reads their kid and every I think everybody's having when you have the reason people laugh is because they can relate because you've drawn a line between something tragic something hilarious something something embarrassing embarrassing or shocking something that can take you there are jokes about um Pete, his father being a um, Davison 9-11 first responder and dying at 9-11. That's not fucking funny. There's as a New Yorker, as somebody who watched this, like there's nothing. Pete Davidson's got a great sense of humor and he makes jokes at other people. There's there's a way people cope and deal. Sometimes it's with humor. There's a related tragic experience. Humor and comedy absolutely plays a role in almost every aspect of my life. The story that I've told before on pod was I had a 19 pregnancy and I was told that that pregnancy could not be carried any further, any longer, and I had to terminate that pregnancy. The issue was uh, lack of brainstem. It was an anencephalic pregnancy, blah, blah, blah. The, the 
point was your baby is developing perfectly and normal except for the fact that she has no brain. So as we're laying there licking our wounds, my husband turns to me and says, well, if I was trying to figure out paternity here, no brain, she's clearly mine. Right? So we're in the middle of a wildly devastating, like life change. And what do we do? We find humor in it. You can't fault people for finding humor for coping reasons. Was Pete Davidson the one who spread that, that thing? No, but he does it on 10 other platforms and he knows. I don't know the comedian who made that joke and how they're coping and dealing, but. I agree with all of that. That's cathartic. That's therapy. That's, that's human connection, right? I love all yes. of that. The thing that I'm curious about and that yeah. I see in myself that I refuse to do is personal debasement. Something that would reflect very, would make you the Give speaker. Give me an example. Use I, Joyce. I have, I have the world's funniest story. It is so funny. It's, you can't even tell it without me laughing. It's so hilarious. And I knew that if I shared it, so much of it would reflect so poorly on me, I would be humiliated and embarrassed. I mean, I'll, I'll invent a parallel thing and say, what if the whole thing was about me describing how it is to be in a fat body and all of the specifics about that? People who live in fat bodies would understand on a profound level. People who don't live in fat bodies would find it hilariously funny to point at the clown Right. So there's this idea of lampooning and cartooning one's own life. And it's not about relating with people who live in fat bodies. It's about it's legitimately funny. And the thing that has to die in that conversation is Amy walking through life, not being made fun of for having a fat body or not having everyone know the very highly specific details. I mean, I'm just I'm inventing this as a thing. So to the point where this story was so funny, I shared it on a sideline basis with some with one of our friends because I said this is so this is the funniest thing that's ever happened this is the best story ever will you listen to it and tell me if I should tell anyone else and I said this on pod before and she laughed until she lost her bowels and after she regained her composure she said I don't think you should tell anyone else right so it was hilariously funny but it doesn't reflect well and I just look at all the comedians and frankly other people in our lives who are so interested to tell the story to get the joke even though it involves like something personally humiliating having a tit out having food in your teeth having the world's worst hair day let's lean into it all the things that can possibly happen why why is the joke put above like is it me that I'm too hung up on this invented notion of self-identification, self-respect, you know, respect, ego, whatever? Is it just lighten up? Everybody has something to be made fun of. The comedians who talk about sex in these super raunchy ways and super embarrassing ways, do they find a way to do it that's palatable to them or do they just blow past it and not care? And here's the example. Amy Schumer has always talked about sex in ways that were felt like felt shocking to the mainstream and didn't really position her as a charming young lady, right? So at what point is it she's just built that way and could give a fuck what anybody else has to think or say? Or 
is it the reward of so many people laugh? That's all I care about. I'll do anything for a laugh. You want me to cut my arm off? I'll cut it off because look how funny it is. Ha 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 ha. Like what, what am I? I'm sort of talking in large circles here. Yeah, I mean, she shares that because that's her truth. I don't know why she needs to be a charming young lady. She never proposed that she was one. She has always represented herself, and I'm just using her as an example. Uh, that's not one of her hangups. She made, she's a good example, though, because she said at one point, I would love, as a woman, I would love to take off my underwear and not look like I didn't just wipe my nose in it, like I just sneeze cobwebs or whatever she said. And, so that's I gross. Laughed. Like why? I, yeah. I laughed so hard. It is vile and hilarious and at certain points of a month relatable. Like you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe she put those words together. They came out of her mouth and 50 percent of the audience at least is women. And they were all like, oh, my God. <laughs> and crying, laughing so hard. Are, is that the kind of joke that makes her look? It's embarrassing. It's that like, but why is it embarrassing? Is more the question. And I don't mean let's change society and not make obesity and not make uh, discharge and not make blah blah blah. Like we're not changing the world, but if we're living in it, can we not at least laugh at at our most embarrassing moments? Because if you don't laugh, and that's a super important thing to learn how to do, because if you can't laugh. Okay, but let's break it down. So let's say, I don't know, I guess in the case of Amy Schumer, I don't trust that everything that she does and says is outside of her ego. Let me say it in a way that makes sense. I don't believe, (laughs) I don't believe that she doesn't care what other people think. I don't I also believe don't it. believe all of her stories. I think some of them, she's a comedian, are written and crafted or, oh, my God, you just walked out of the bathroom. Wouldn't it have been funnier if you? And she's, like, constantly writing in her head. I don't believe that everything she says is true either. But I do. even if she has a piece of truth to it and then someone can relate, that's what makes it funny. She's just completely divorced herself from what people think of her. And I know without knowing her personally, that she cares what people think of her. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think she's divorced of that. I think she absolutely no, she, cares her, what people her, think. Her outward act only exists because she flies in the face of it. I'm going to do things that people, and she's maybe not the best example, but I'm going to do anything for the laugh. And even if it makes me look bad or be embarrassed or tell secrets about myself that I don't want to tell or have everybody know this thing that they've probably done themselves. Now I'm going to be the poster child for ugly underpants. I'm going to be the poster child for thighs that rub together or whatever the thing is that nobody wants to be the poster child for. Then I also feel like do those people embrace the comedy because they just want to be the poster child for anything. And they're so focused on being the poster child, it doesn't matter. Or is it that the comedy to them is so important, the funniness, the sharing that laugh with someone else, they could care less what gets lost in the process, including their own privacy and and self-esteem. I mean, you're going to lose something when you become the poster child for the ridiculous. The When you embarrass yourself and it's like you're either not even aware of it or you decide I'm okay with being completely embarrassed and humiliated because the laugh is more important. That's the part that I don't get. And I see I have a couple of 
of performative clowns in my life who I love dearly. But they will do things knowing that the juice of getting everyone laughing is so intoxicating that they sort of lose sight of the fact, but do you see yourself when you're doing it? Are you watching this video that we have of you, you know, dancing in that way or taking your clothes off or sticking your fingers up your nose or whatever the thing is? Like, that's the part that it conf- it's confusing is the wrong word. I, d- I don't understand it, and I, and I wonder how much it's just me being hung up and is, my, is it my own hang-up that I'm seeing in a mirror somehow? That no one ha- does, every, does no one have this hang-up but me is the question. No, it's not just you. Um, <laughs> the short answer, no, it's not just you. Moving on. I, 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 feel, <laughs> I feel, next topic. I feel like everybody does in general, especially in social media, try to put their best foot forward. They try to present themselves in such a way that they are admired, respected. Um, oh, look at Amy on social media. She's got it together. Uh, even if you have insecurities, you will throw out things that uh, will have will distract something shiny. Um, but I think it is a more evolved mind that knows their own, I don't know, insecurities, limits, and pushes past that and cares a little bit less about the haters. What will people think and the haters um, and, and says – you know what? I am not the only one whose thighs rub together. I am not the only one who... So I think it's wildly relatable and I'm going to share my story. And it's not brave because I'm doing it for laughter. It is... I don't know. At times it could be desperate, but it is... I think it's freeing more than anything else to be able to say and not hide that I almost shit my pants in TJ Maxx. And well, it's inviting strangers into an intimacy that I don't feel they're going to live up to. So you're a very different person than Amy Schumer. She invites strangers into intimate situations on the regular. And they are hurtful to her as in response. So why and she has to have a tougher skin or or stop and she hasn't stopped. So I think she's got a thicker skin than we do. I don't I don't get it. Tig Navarro who has had a double mastectomy and does Notaro. her and yes. sorry 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 I love her and so say her name again properly Tig Notaro thank you so I got it wrong she's done a stand-up show where she takes off her shirt topless yeah with her mastectomy scars and her missing breasts and she goes through it and it's this weird uncomfortable intimate brave and hilarious based on the comedy that she's doing conversation um, Hannah Gadsby is another one who lots of people don't get her comedy at all because they don't even think of it as comedy because it's it's more a commentary on comedy than it is haha jokes, right? And those two examples are people who are playing around with the notion of a performance of intimacy between strangers, of communicating a story and making you think and laughing and altering your mood with it and all the things. That's really interesting to me. That's very different than someone who... Let's see how ugly I can make myself and get away with it. Let's okay, let me so sit in the parking parking lot. But do you, is it a question of taste or is it just it a is. question of social sadness and thinking about because we have so many channels for so many people there can we doesn't it feel like what are you doing? Stop. There are Mary 10 Jane. news channels. There's a news channel for you. There's a news channel for someone else. There are different types of comedy. You don't have I happen to adore the two comedians that you just mentioned. 
and think that they are masters of their craft. They, they could do the TED Talk on they are masters. Do I think that the people making Holocaust jokes and are hitting up, I actually think Amy Schumer is a master of her craft too, but the 9-11 and the, like, are those masters? Probably not. Those seem like cheaper laughs. The storytelling involved with Tig Notaro and, and with Hannah Gadsby, those are, that's a deeper level and that's your taste. The other one's not your taste. And what's brilliant is you don't have to listen to it. I that. get you don't it. Have to uh, there's be a part a, of it. There takes all kinds. I'm not. It's it's less about that. If Mallory came to you and and, and it's a sign of intelligence too. By the way, uh, it's a it's a definite sign of intelligence that if you are the storyteller who goes for the deep relation and sharing and open and and giving that story, that's a that's a higher brow, a higher level of comedy and experience and than than it is to be the quick joke laugh at others expense or dark and it's it's just a different level to me and I sometimes appreciate both channels both news channels I don't only listen to CNN because they mostly share my values I'll hit up Fox News because I want to know what's being poured into the other earballs of of people who believe differently than I do I I like to know what else is that's out there. all well and good fundamentally theoretically i agree with you and now if mallory started a tiktok where she was shitting into a bowl and eating it what would you have to say about your daughter and how would you think is this comedy i would call tiktok and i would say are you allowing this (laughs) (laughs) i'm just trying to say when it's people that you love who are real people doing things that don't reflect well on them it makes you stop and think what's happening and it makes me think to hear you say it, there's a comic for every ear. I don't get it. I fundamentally don't get why people so readily humiliate themselves. And I think, is it really worth that laugh? I guess they feel it is. They they feel that they get enough from the audience to make them go out another night and do it again or show up at your party and take their shirt over their head and make their belly dance. That's not attractive. That's really not funny, and I'm finding it sad. I am interested in the fact that you that you are noticing people's vulnerability, and that vulnerability is being met with both praise and love and laughter as well as haters. But you show me something that's not met with the very same response, and I, I would be shocked. Moving on, as I've said many times, to move on for real. I... Will tell you that I think I'm hosting Thanksgiving this year as I transition into my next topic, which is how often do you wash? That was that was a whole lot of transitions. I got whiplash. Okay. Amy. Yes. How often do you wash your bras? Oh. (laughs) See the earlier segment about humiliating oneself. I'm laughing and you got laughter from I, it. This one I will, uh, this one I'm just going to have to own up to because it's just, it's just true. I am, I am between reasonable bras at this stage. The bras that I wear are always, I only wear one type and one style because it's the only one that fits me in a way that doesn't piss me off. And they all seem to break at the same time. And when they break, the underwire snaps in half. Tries to kill you. It physically, it's a, it's a piece of metal in a semicircle that 
under the weight of my gigantic breasts snaps while I'm wearing it. And then like a rocket into my rib cage. (laughs) Right. So I have to physically pull it out like a needle while I'm wearing it, driving a car. Not fun. Or into my boob, which is where it went last time while I'm driving. The fact that I didn't wreck the car. So you just hear, you hear the snap, then you feel the puncture, then you have to remove the metal from your skin. So this happens. So that bra goes in the trash. Then the clasps on the other two bras simultaneously fail. So now, I'm, up. And now I'm cobbling together these bulls and I don't want to buy them new ones because I have this vision that I'm going to get smaller and then the bras will be smaller and they're super expensive in this size. So yeah, I try not to wash them that often because that hastens the snapping and breaking and clasping right. of breaking and all the rest of it. So I will tell you that it's really like every two weeks I rotate them out. And I take them off. Every time I take them off, I spray them and hang them up so that they're getting air dried and they're not shoved in a drawer and all the rest of this stuff. But in terms of an actual in the bag, in the washer, air dry overnight, that's really like every two weeks. And I rotate through many bras. So it's not like the same ones going on, but it's not nearly enough. You should wash them after every wash. Why is it different than your underpants? Why are you making a face? Bras are not jeans. Well, I got, 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 uh, the jeans are on my list. Actually, they're next. They're they're on my list. You have my list, right? <laughs> bras should be bras should be after every wear, shouldn't they? But I never will. I won't. I do not wash my bra after every wear. I wash. Oh, I wash my sports bra after every wear. You can't not. Yeah, y- because it's Rank. wet and vile. Yes. <laughs> it's wet and gross. Right. Because I feel if I have to wrestle to get it off my body and I'm also cold and wet at the end of it, it does not belong on anybody ever again. Although dogs would probably like that very much. Um, All right. Bras, you say "Eh, two ways. Jeans. How often do you wash your jeans? (sighs) Two weeks. Two weeks. That's that's for the podcast audience. Never is the real answer. I was like two weeks. That's. I have I've already podcasted that I have a ridiculous amount of jeans. I can wear a new pair every day and not wash them for months. But I don't do that. I I don't I think jeans makers will tell you not to wash your jeans. Is that well, wrong? It it's they're Is not, that gross? You're not doing anything in them. There's layers of clothing between you and the pants. So unless you're walking through mud, what's happening to your pants that they need to be washed? You mean underwear. You're saying you have undergarments. Yes, I do. And yes, I am. Your toxic parts. Super not gross. Thank you. The whole point of underwear, referencing Amy Schumer, is to catch whatever might be happening down there and contain it. And protect your vulva from outside influences. Sure. Great. One more more layer of fabric is going to keep the demons out. You got it. I'm not looking at demons. I'm looking at sitting crisscross applesauce at camp for an entire summer Gross. on the ground where bugs crawl up your keister. And, and yeah, that's delightful. Awful. <laughs> that's gross. Holy. Okay. What about hoodies? I don't have or wear hoodies ever. Oh, oh by the way, my answer to jeans was when I drop food on them. That's Thank when. You. Or Thank when you. they're yes. so stretched out. Chili where... stained. They have paint on them. Something. Stained, Walked in painted, mud. Yeah. Or just stretched out to a point where they are not flattering on any human. Let's let's give these a good wash and dry. Hoodies? Don't have any. You don't own them. 
I don't own them. I have long hair. Hoodies are the bane of my existence. Can't stand them. Can't have anything with a hood ever. Really? Yes. It's it's. Uh, it's not my the neck pullover. is too small. No, it's the physical hood. I will never wear anything. I can't. I have tried repeatedly because they're cute, and I won't do it. I can't do it. I have to rip it off my body forcibly whenever it is on. No hoods. Did you ever put that little cut down no the case. center at the nape of your neck? Did you ever like take scissors down just to give yourself some room? And it's the back of it. It's not the front. It's the hood. Okay. It's bunched up. You can't do anything with your neck. You can't see. You can't. It's awful. So a hoodie restricts your vision. Do you know that the hood goes in the back? Look, Dick, I'm trying to say <laughs> you can't turn your head properly. It's wadded up back there. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. It's like a fucking mink stole. Who wants to wear that idiotic shit? Okay. Uh, and I'm I very don't... frustrated with my computer right now because I have do not disturb on and it will not shut these things up. I keep hearing All things right. on Amy my computer. Amy doesn't own hoodies because she can't move her neck when she wears them. Right. Because about... they're awful because they're sickening and nobody likes hoodies. I don't get it. And I don't like people who have the hood up because it makes you look like you're unsafe and about to kill me or get shot. Thuggish. Thuggish. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. So what no. about your sheets? That's every that's every two weeks, which should be every week. But it's very difficult to get them on and off the damn bed. And the people who come to clean the house do it, and so we rely on them every day. I would love for it to be every day, but no. Every day? Yeah, we have a dog who has hair. And had a woman going through menopause, sweating <laughs> through sheets. No, and... I don't. I, fortunately, I don't have that. But it's, they, you know, the, the dog and the dander, it starts to, you can tell that there's been a dog somewhere. So, anyway. It would be nicer, but I can't be bothered. We do once a week, and we don't do it as much as we have it done once I also, a week. Yeah, and I also we. don't have as many sheets as I need because the reality is you take them off, put a new pair on, and then it takes a while for the others to make their way through the laundry. I don't take them off, launder them, put the same set back on. I only have four pairs of sheets. And at a certain point, got three of them dirty on the floor upstairs. These are staying on the bed. That's how that works. <laughs> so You should have the every other week people also do laundry. That would be nice, but no. Just sheets laundry. Just the sheets laundry. Because that's the worst. Because it captures all the socks and the shirts and the stuff that's in there. And then it winds it into a ball. And this is the time I allocated to fold the laundry. And now I have to extricate all this shit and put it back in there because it's still wet. Because... Okay. Hair. How often do you wash your hair? (sighs) I have curly hair. So I'm supposed to only wash it once a week. It's the truth. You're really only supposed to wash it once a week. I wash it every shower with shampoo. Wow, really? Yep. Um, okay, wait. Do you shower every day? I should. I, <laughs> I should. <laughs> I used to. I work this I work from home now. <laughs> so I don't. I okay, know. so it, you don't wash your hair every day. You wash your hair every shower, and the showers come every. Two I to three. like it to be every day. It is. Yeah, that's not fair because I I will shower and not and just put my hair all the way up and not just shower my body and not touch my hair at all. Keep it totally dry. I do do that, but when I'm actively exercising, it's everything every day all the time. That's it. Shower, shampoo, have to. Because did I recently do, see you on exercise. a treadmill? Did I recently see you on a treadmill? Yes, I'm I'm doing the participation trophy method, which is very fun. 
I am buying trophies for myself after I complete these <laughs> online challenges. Well, they're medals. So I've already completed, I've walked 35 miles this month, which seems like a lot when you say it's it amazing. like that. That's it's amazing. really, it's really actually not, but it feels like so much. And then when you this get to the month, end of the month. Yeah. 35 miles. Yeah. That, so if the month were over, which it's almost not quite, that's over a mile, just over a mile a day. I know, which is like nothing. It's a laughable joke. But when you add them all up, that's why I like these trophies, right? Because when you when at the end of the thing, you're like, oh, I, I did actually walk the Amalfi Coast. That's kind of fun. So they're going to send me. Now I'm walking uh, Mount Everest. So they map the amount of, uh, they map the distance that it would take for you to get from point A to point B. And then they do like a little video thing so that you I can love pretend that. you're doing it. And then at the end, when you do it, it's all self-reported. But at the end, you can also hook it up to your phone and your watch and everything so that it's accurately reported, meaning you're not even involved. And it just tells you, we're sending you a participation trophy, which is not what they call it. They call it the conqueror. And I'm like, yeah, I, I would rather shit. I would rather you join the club that gives you the medal to the trophy <laughs> to the inspiration that gets you. I, what do they have like couch to 5K in X weeks? Whatever sure. it is, you can't start at running a mile. So to get out and to walk and to do that every day is fucking amazing. So stop. I would rather you join that club than join the other club, which is the leadership weirdness that you were in before. Professional, that we are no- professional networking. It wasn't weird. It's just, uh, it was someone who wasn't in the club. It was, you're not an entrepreneur. Of course it was weird Pinier. for you. What do you want me to say? Entrepreneur. Pinier. An like entrepreneur. Pinier. What, that's what the fucking <laughs> word is. How am I supposed to say it? Entrepreneur. That's me. worse. Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Croissant. What? Croissant? What, what about your towel? How often do you wash your towel? Uh, every <laughs> third time. Month? <laughs> no, every third use. I've got multiple people in the bathroom. So every every third shower of a person. So it, it works out to like every two, three days, pretty much. And we cycle right. them out. We have millions of towels. So we cycle them out. So having the towels get washed is easier because there's always a, ma- it's like a fucking spa. It's like a mountain of towels that need to be washed, but there's always clean ones at the reg. So. Okay. So did I miss anything of things that I'm, I'm I, wondering about how often you wash? I, I don't know why this is interesting to you or. Oh, it is. Because why we're back again, to how, what price comedy, let me humiliate myself <laughs> with all these personal intimate things that. It's you just being honest. It's <sighs> relatable. We have listeners not. who are like, wow, she washes her hair that often. Wow. She's really gross. She's now the poster child for gross, which they kind of got there from all of my speech and activities. But now I'm giving them specifics. So. I'm just saying. You say enough other things that people know that you are Gross. wildly smart and productive when you need to be. See how I threw that in there? Yeah. And you're not, entrepreneurial. Feel, doesn't, doesn't feel doesn't feel like it balances out. Doesn't feel. Okay, great. listener, try saying that word entrepreneurial ever the same. Again. Entrepreneurial. I don't understand what's wrong. Is that weird? She just yelled at me. Dear listener, if you have another question for Miss Amy about how often she or I wash something, do let us know. Write us at brilliantobservations at gmail.com. You can put it on Facebook. You could join us at Brilliant Observations or Brillob Squad there. Or just go to Instagram and send us a picture at Listen Brilliant or Twitter telling us 
I haven't washed my dog in six months and he smells like ass. Whatever it is, we want to hear it. I don't know that you wanted to hear all of this, but you did. So we are here, we are open, and we are willing to listen to anything that comes out of your pie hole. Let us know. Or your fingers. Type away. We'd love to hear it. Aim. Ma'am. We good? I guess. Bye. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> jo- Joyce, I hope that all helped you. I'm not a rule follower. I mean, I sort of do. I follow them a lot, but only when... I don't know how to describe it.